And here's part two of our conversation about whether drugs have changed you on We Need to Talk. Enjoy. Now, we came up with some concepts, uh, probably while very high, um, such as cold comfort. Oh, yeah. That, that's actually on YouTube, I think. Now, art has a way, if you perform the art or create the art while under the influence of perpetuating the whatever created the art in the first place. So that high does linger on and change perspective permanently in the fact that the art now exists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think art can help change perspective in a lot of ways because, I mean, this is an issue I have to some degree, uh, but it's like my perception isn't exactly that great sometimes. Like, like uh, you've seen those like optical illusions where it's like, uh, you know, it, is this a cube or is this, this cube this way? Is it this way? Or is it this way? Yeah. Like I can see more ways than that. I can like force my vision to be like many different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an issue I have sometimes because sometimes I'll look at something in real life and like my mind will make it into something else. Like something which is not a, not how it actually is. Like my brain doesn't perceive it very well or it perceives it a way alternate to how it should be. Mm. Uh, an example of that is, I mean, you can use this just in general, but my brain does it naturally. So, like, have you ever been, like, at a restaurant and they have, like, mirrors on the wall to make the place look bigger? Okay. And then you look over and it just feels like there's an extra room over that way? Have you ever had that sensation? No. Okay. Have you ever been looking out a window and then you kind of uh, get the sensation that the window's not there and then it, you actually perceive there being no window? Okay. You know? I think that is a natural thing that happens to somebody with glasses. Okay, true, true. Touche. Or when you're driving in a car with the windshield, you're not looking at the windshield, you're looking through the windshield and you don't realize. Yeah, I get I get the concept. But, but there's a perceptual change there as well. Like it's not like just that you're looking at a mirror or that you're looking at the uh, the glass, but rather the glass isn't there or there's an extra room there which you would see through the mirror. Or you could look at a mirror and see yourself in it. But then maybe you can do a perceptual change where you just see another person in it. It's like as if it's not a mirror. It's just as if like there's another compartment. You know, that mirror is kind of connected to another room where there's a you on the other side. Okay. So that's the kind of stuff I experience on drugs. And also I kind of get that stuff just in like real life. And I think some of those perspectival changes are things which kind of help the artistic kind of notion. Because you're not really... You're not judging the sensations in the same way that you usually do. You're not kind of forming them to to be up these things. Like you're, if if you look out a window and you can't tell there's a window there, your brain fills in the window for you. But if you don't have your brain doing that for you, then from your perspective, there's no window there. Mm -hmm. In the same way, if you are playing music and you're just kind of in a drugged out state, you're you're not perceiving those sounds in the same way because it's not saying that's an E note or this is this, this is that. Rather, it's just actually perceiving the actual raw sensation. And whatever way it's perceiving it, it's going to be in a unique kind of way, which I think lends itself to kind of creativity through drugs. Mm. I know uh, a lot of times I, so I, I choose to write when I'm, my brain is working too much. Um, a lot of times, especially with emotions, it's very hard for me to, to decipher like, what, what am I feeling? How do I express this appropriately? Um, it's just an inherent part of who I am to not be able to do that very effectively. Mm -hmm. So I found that writing is a good way to do that, but it's very difficult to, without inspiration, to just write and for to to get get out what I want to say in the correct way. But I found that alcohol helps significantly to be able to just 
it just pours out at that point mm. and it feels so natural to just have things come out. Now, sometimes if a sensation is strong enough or it's been in my head long enough, I can just write naturally. Um, and that always comes out better than if I write while I'm drunk. But mm. it's also not possible sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of that for alcohol is the inhibitions because you're probably, when you're writing in the in a non-sober state, you're kind of like critically kind of analyzing everything you say. And it like nothing, nothing's gonna ever sound right because you're never gonna put it on pen to paper. Whereas if you're drunk and you're not thinking about what you're saying or not criticizing it as much, you're just gonna put it down, and it's probably gonna be somewhat decent. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that also a lot, a lot of drugs are able to to narrow my mind down from I'm constantly thinking on conceptual levels of multiple things simultaneously, mm. and. I think that a lot of times drugs will help me to not do that, to be able to actually focus in on something. Um, I, I feel like there's like an, an ADD model there of I'm thinking of too many things, so nothing, I'm not really thinking of anything versus being able to focus it down to think about one thing, mm -hmm. which is why I like uppers so much because they let me hyper-focus my mind. Mm -hmm. Caffeine will do that for me uh, a lot of times. It depends on the dose and also the environment. Because for, for me, caffeine will allow me to focus. Like when I was on my vacation uh, a while back and I wrote the uh, Mental Hit app, it's, it's like I had a lot of caffeine, but I also created an environment where I wouldn't get distracted so I could like to stay working on the program programming for a you know, long amount of time. But if I were to take that same amount of caffeine and be at work, like I would be like uh, distracted constantly because mm. my, my focus is only good so long as there's nothing distracting me. Caffeine is great for allowing me to multitask, which at my job, I, I have to constantly be doing that. So being able to be up on caffeine allows me to rapidly switch between things and then not keep it in the back of my mind so that um, I don't just forget, you know, so maybe I'm writing this email, but then a call comes in. So I have to take the call. And then when the call's done, I have to fill out the form for the call. And then when that's done, I can go back to the email and pick up where I left off because I've still been writing it in the back of my mind without realizing it. Mm. Caffeine lets my mind work on autopilot where normally it would be much more difficult to do so. See, I, it's like, it affects me differently, which is interesting because mm. kind of the same effect with the autopilot in a way. But on the other hand, it's like, I can't multitask very well. I mean, it, there's a lot of multitasking involved in programming. So, you know, in that way, yes, but... I used to, you know, have caffeine at work sometimes. I, I usually didn't because I just felt like I was getting pulled in six different directions. Like I couldn't keep on the same focus. But uh, when I did, people said I was kind of a douche. Like because mm -hmm. I'd get start, like I'd start in one thing, then they would say, "Hey, Nate," and then I'd be like, "What?" Like I did, they'd like pull me away from what I was doing, and I'd get kind of pissy. Yeah. And so I guess I was more of a douche during that period. And then said, "No, Nate, stop! Don't drink caffeine, please. Don't, mm -hmm. don't." I feel like as far as like, like marijuana goes, that really helps me to have not have a bad attitude. It, it relieves, I am, I am really, really, really anxious all the time. Like I always feel like I need to be doing more than what I'm doing. Like mm -hmm. I'm not working hard enough. I, I could be working right now. I shouldn't be doing this thing. I could be doing this thing. Even if both things are technically work, I could be doing more. And I expect a lot out of myself. And I think that marijuana a lot of times helps me relax in a way that I can, I'm, I'm comfortable just doing the thing that I'm doing. 
And that's really important for me to be able to unwind and be able to just focus on what I'm doing. Yeah, that's something that I wish I had a bit because I used to use marijuana for that purpose, but I don't really have anything nowadays. I mean, I wish it was meditation because I, I try to be in super into meditation and everything, but it, it's something that takes an active kind of duty to do. It, it, it takes active concentration and it, it, you kind of don't exactly want to do it. Whereas with a drug, like especially marijuana, you just take a couple puffs and then you're good, right? Like it acts on you. If it was a continual thing I had to do, that'd be different, but it's not. Mm. And I think that's the advantage of a drug to rewind or unwind. <laughs> or both. I mean, I know like uppers, like uh, like um, any of your ADHD medication or um, Molly or anything like that, uh, I, those help my brain like work really, really fast, but also focused. Mm. So I'm able to like, I, I'm... I'm fairly intelligent on a base level. I it it takes it like next level to be able to understand anything and do anything, and uh, it's that's really the the number one reason that though I lean that way way more than with downers. Um, like even alcohol, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, it helps it like I relax a little more, but I I don't like the feeling as much as being up. This is Jason Almy from Shit Happens When You Party Naked. We're a wild party show where we don't drink anything at all. Actually, we're totally sober, but we still manage to party and get wild. My wife does a uh, fantastic Samuel L. Jackson impression. I double dare you, motherfucker. She's even better than that. I'm so sorry, honey. I fucked that one up. Uh, we also talk about nutrition, sex, jizz, penis. We bake uh, cock-shaped cakes. Check us out. Shit Happens When You Party Naked on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Podcast, SoundCloud, Overcast, Undercast shit cast whatever cast we're on all the casts check us out twitter at s-h-w-y-p-n keep listening to podcast nh.com motherfuckers some one difference i've had with amphetamines as opposed to caffeine is caffeine like if i have a lot of caffeine i'll be kind of like super anxious about it that mm -hmm. bit away and so my like i can think kind of fast but it's also like like i'm driving on a slippery road like mm -hmm. i'm kind of all over the place and I also liked me talking really fast, like, and then I said this, and like, kind of like I've done sometimes on the podcast. But uh, with amphetamines, maybe I'm talking fast. I mean, I'm sure if I had enough, I would be. But what it has done for me in the past, I was actually prescribed it for a time, uh, which is the main reason why I had it, is it would kind of allow me to pace my thoughts. Like, like, like I could kind of have more control. It's, I think the analogy i had is like right now it's like maybe not right now but uh in general if i have a thought it's kind of like throwing a baseball out of my hand and as soon as i start throwing that baseball and it leaves my hand i can't control that baseball anymore mm -hmm. but uh with with uh, adderall it was like or uh, ritalin it was like i would throw that baseball and then once it left my hand i could still direct it through some sort of remote control and uh, you know maybe it wouldn't be perfect you know control but i could still kind of direct where that baseball was going mm. it didn't so I have more control over the thoughts and the kind of rhythm and the the kind of just the the, the sphere of influence in general. Mm. So that was one difference with amphetamines as opposed to caffeine. I've never taken anything like MDMA, uh, which I think you've taken before, right? Yeah, I mean that's Molly. Yeah, yeah. Which you said you feel happy and energetic. Was that right, or am I making that up? Yeah, it's like uh, Adderall, but it also adds in a level of happiness. See that I wouldn't like. It seems like too much. 
I mean, it, when you're on it, it's not. <laughs> uh, the come down sucks, like like most drugs. Um, the after effects, the it uses up all your serotonin, so you it's harder to 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 remain focused and and happy afterwards. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you if you pacing yourself and you're not abusing, it's it's can actually be really helpful. And it's a lot of these drugs have a lot of really good medicinal effects, breaking people out of depression. Mm-hmm cluster headaches uh things like that are are huge to be able to break up for some people Mm -hmm. true true i don't think i've ever felt happy though it depends on what you mean by happy you mean in general or uh well no not in general but uh like i've on on drugs i've felt content before i think content is a little bit different because i've taken some upper before and it's like the feeling i've had was like more like huh no, I don't need to do anything right now. I could die here. This would be mm-hmm. fine. I can just sit here forever. No, whatever. I feel just very good. Very good about everything. There's no problems in life. I think that's euphoria, maybe. I mean, that's that definitely sounds like contentment. Like, you're just, you're satisfied with things as they are. I think happiness has a level of desire to it. Mm-hmm. Where you, you want, like, you're, you're content, but you also want more. Yeah. There was a time when uh, we had a sleepover at your house. This was like the night of graduation. Like, you know, we're supposed to, we did this whole thing to avoid, uh, you know, partying, but we had a party after anyway. Mm. And we smoked a lot of weed and uh, I snuck some alcohol from your mom's uh, thing and it was okay. It was allowed. I wasn't stealing, but. Mm. uh, Got it. You stole. Got it. Okay. But I, so I had a little bit of both and just this weird feeling. It it wasn't contentment. It was like like something above that. It was like, I don't give a fuck. Mm. like like i don't know if that's the same feeling or if it's a different feeling but it was like i don't care about anything right now like mm. it wasn't like bad it was kind of like no someone could like come in here with a gun i wouldn't give a fuck mm. you know so, so someone could like uh give me like a hundred dollars like cool thanks man mm-hmm. and to just be like that like no fucks given yeah i mean that's that's like a, a next level complacency that's that's borderline depression i don't know about that i mean mean, if you don't care someone kills you like that's that's about as nihilistic as you can get isn't it i mean well it's just like nothing means anything who cares i was one with the world i was the world oh i see okay (laughs) as far as as we head towards the wrap here as far as lasting effects go i think that all of the drugs that i've done as a whole have changed my perspective as a human being on the world and for the better i think that i'm a better person now and part of that comes from growing up and from you know maturing and i think part of that i I do owe to the different experiences i've had and the altered states of mind that i have had that have given me perspective i wouldn't otherwise have come across the biggest perspective change i've had which is kind of a strange one is that i like when i learned about drugs and what they could do to my you know, perception, I, I thought to myself, people need to know about this because people think, like, they're so confined in the ordinary views of things. And this shows that there's a whole world outside of themselves that they don't even know it's possible. They don't even, like, kind of comprehend in a way. And the fact that people just think so narrowly about things and how things should be when, you know, you can easily take any sort of drug where it just kind of, like, like fucks with you and, and you can flip things upside down. It's kind of like, what the fuck? Mm. It's, it's just weird. Uh, Back then, I was having, like, this whole thing about uh, people not being able to see reality. So this was, like, my angsty high school days. 
So I think the number one thing that drugs have changed my perspective on is drugs. That that's meta. I mean, is it not true? How how the first time you smoked weed, I believe it was in the woods out behind the house, and I did not, right? Yeah. I was very against it and very disappointed in you. Were you? Remember? I told you that. But you were having a party that night. I think that was the second time, maybe? I don't know. that was the first time. It wasn't my party. Let's be clear. Because we had... Okay, we're getting some some pseudonames here. But we had Tim and Simon who were over, who were the druggies. Yeah. I thought... So I thought... I'm thinking of a time that we had Tim and Simon over and... Of course, those are pseudonames. And we we went out into the woods and we smoked. And then later that night was yeah. when we had the party. Exactly, right. Yeah, these are two separate events. Well, they're the same event. They're, they're, a they're continuation. two separate events, Nathan. <laughs> if, if I go to a soccer game in the morning and a different soccer game at night, that's not one soccer game. That's two different events. For me, it was the pre-party. Okay, fair. But then later that night, uh, I drank like seven beers, felt mm-hmm. nothing. I got super pissed. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and there were G-bong hits in the basement. Yeah, so they went down there to find out I had never smoked before. So they gave me like a, I had like a big hit, like way yeah. too big of a hit. It was a G-bong and it was aggressive. Uh, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't think it affected me because it took like 20 minutes for it to happen. Yeah. And so for a while there, I actually thought that it was the alcohol that finally like, hit me. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was just really drunk. Mm-hmm. It's a really awkward time because it's like, I had like a five second delay between what I was doing and what was happening. I'm, so, sh- I'm confident it was both. It was, you weren't feeling the effects of the alcohol and then the weed hit you and it made you super drunk too. Maybe, but I don't, I'm not so certain about that because... For a while, I got the same effects as smoking weed that I did then. I mean, it was never intense as the first time. Actually, the second time was the most intense. Because then I got really stupid. Because uh, I was smoking with, uh, again, Tim and Simon and s- some other people. But uh, it's like, they were just, they were, you know, veteran smokers. So they kept on smoking and I kept on taking hits and hits and hits and hits. And I was going ham and I wasn't feeling anything. So I kept on taking it. This is after like 30 minutes. And I'm like, you still don't feel anything? No. Then all of a sudden oh god fuck and at that that was like the most intense time i've ever had because it's like my vision started doing spirals like mm-hmm. things started spiraling and kind of like 2d everything became 2d for a little bit and then things would zoom in out you know just distort in the weirdest ways and the way it felt also was just kind of like not right it was very dis- disconcerting we've we've definitely told, told these stories before um, like the time that I had to drive a, a buddy back home from your house, I believe. Um, and I was super, super high and it was, I should not have been driving. And I saw a, um, a man in a sombrero dancing, uh, in the light that was shining on the yellow, uh, lines in the middle of the road. And that's what I was focusing on to keep me in the in the road. Was the Mexican man dancing in a sombrero? So was that real? That was real in my mind. Okay, obviously it wasn't real, real. But <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that happening, and I thought you were messing with us. No, because I, I was I, real high. I, I think our friend was like, "Dude, Steve, shut up! Stop messing with us! You're driving! Stop doing this!" I think he was trying to bring me back to reality so we didn't die in a fiery car crash. Okay, which I- worked. Because I thought you were fucking with us. No, I was really seeing that, Nathan, and it was fucked. So Steve almost killed me back in the day. Because uh-huh. uh, I almost killed us all. Th- thank God for that man wearing the sombrero. Thank God. He saved the day. Another another night saved by Carlos Mencia. 
Is he really Mexican though? I don't know. Probably. Okay. He stole jokes from Bill Cosby. Who's Bill Cosby? Um, Jello Man. <gasps> Jello. Jello Puddin. So that's drugs. Uh, yep, drugs. Uh, did we change your perspective on drugs? Let us know at facebook.com slash we need to talk show. Or twitter.com slash WNTT1. Or of course, you can find us at podcastnh.com. There's many other podcasts on there, such as Shit Happens When You Party Naked, the Behavioral Observation Podcast. That guy is super smart. He really is. There's Big Buck Registry, Fish Nerds. There's so many. The Plunge. If you guys like like our comedy uh, and you want to take it to the next level, but you're not ready for Shit Happens When You Party Naked, where they're the most vulgar absolutely possible, The Plunge would be a great a great next step. Uh, they, they're really funny. I highly suggest them. You were on a recent episode of theirs, right? I was indeed. Uh, they, at the podcast New Hampshire Meetup 2018. Um, they recorded an episode with me and Jason, and that was a lot of fun. I was in the room. He was in the room, allegedly. I recorded it, and they, they, they talked to me, but I'm like, I don't have a microphone. Yeah, so I talked for you, and it was exactly what you would have said. You guys made fun of me. As we should. We talked about Dito Angel. We talked about Dito Angel Aubrey Plaza. It's pretty hot. It was. Is there any more that we have to talk, talk about here? No. Wait. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. is. Oh, yeah. what? What? We need to talk. Fuck. Hi, my name is Derek from The Blaze Experience. The Blaze Experience is about gaming. I talk about video games and the podcasts that I get into dive really deep into the games. So any games that I talk about, you're going to find a lot about the stats and different aspects of those games. For example, if I talk about guns in a game, it might be talking about the stats of those guns, why one gun is good, why one gun isn't good. And I get into a lot of different aspects of that that other video game podcasts don't do. So if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on podcastnh.com. You can find me on Twitter at The Blaze Experience, B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. And you can also find me on Apple Podcasts and many other directories. T-O-B-A-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-C-
blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Business speak is easy to guess what you're going to be saying. Or sometimes it suggests things and I'm like, wow, that is phrased better than how I was going to phrase it. But if you wanted a computer to write poetry, I think you'd find it much more difficult to do that. Mm. And like I try, especially with poetry or with like prose or writing, you can use words that don't really work in on their own, but within the context they do. Um, I use the word carnate instead of like incarnate it's just carnate mm. and it's it means the same it means the same thing really but apple's whatever iphone didn't recognize the word it's like you mean incarnate i'm like no i don't i mean what i'm fucking writing and so i had to google it i'm like this is a real word right and google's like yeah it is just most people don't use it i'm like yeah, that's exactly what i want i want i want it to mean what i need it to mean but and if it's a rare word like that that somehow makes it even better what does that word mean carnate yeah it means like of the flesh so like uh i I wrote something a long time ago that was like beauty incarnate Mm. so that's being like you are the flesh version of beauty as a whole okay so reincarnate is to re-enter the flesh yes in a way you know yes Mm. Mm -hmm. interesting incarnation what's an incarnation i um that's a word that would be the active verb right uh yeah something like that well i've heard like say people say like oh i need to get some incarnations wait what incarnate i think i've heard that incarnations are a flower is that what it is yeah or maybe i'm hearing carnations i don't know maybe uh i've never heard them incarnation as a noun Hmm. This is this is on a Patreon episode, by the way. Well, we can just cut this the first five minutes of this episode, and it can be its own episode. Yeah, yeah. Where we talk about language, language and dicks. Well, we haven't talked about those yet. Okay. We should have an episode about dicks. I think that's ninety percent of our episodes. <laughs> Episode one through one hundred is the dicks, the dick, the dick saga, the dick saga. Okay, you ready to actually start? We should have a podcast where we talk about dicks, but it's just like dicks throughout history, like uh, mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke, all the Richards. What's your podcast about, Dick? Uh, okay, okay, that doesn't sound. All right, I got one. Frankenstein's dick. Talk about it. Think well, about it. Frankenstein was a man all put together by other parts of other men. Did they put it to the use a dick? Was it functional? How did they choose the dick? Hmm. Do you do you think do you think he was Doctor Frankenstein was out there and was like, well, we gotta get one that's smaller than mine. <laughs> Probably. Oh, also, was it one dick or was it multiple dicks? Oh, I didn't even think of that. He could have a double dick. Maybe triple. Maybe maybe the head is different than the rest. Oh my god. He- <laughs> I didn't even think about the dick itself could be spliced together. Yep. Wow, what a dickhead. One ball might be different than the other. Ooh, you could even have three balls. I had a terrifying dream. It was a nightmare that uh, the, the tip of my penis got cut off, and uh, I sewed it back on together, but it wasn't working very well. I can imagine. That sounds very painful. Yeah, it it was a pretty bad dream, like... And it, so then I started using super glue to get it back together, and that mm-hmm. didn't work because it was already kind of wet. So you know, mm-hmm. of course, the super glue doesn't dry. Mm-hmm. And it you was a add, very awkward dream. You could add Jesus spit on it. 